by Buffon. And then Ronaldo! Oh! What a goal by Cristiano Ronaldo! Messi to the near post! Messi to the net! Mamma mia! Ronaldo Kielko now. Here's a Honduran. He'll whip it in back to the far post. Elise! Albert Elise! La Pantarita! It's a Honduran connection! This is Soccer Matters, brought to you by the Daspit Law Firm. DaspitLaw.com. Here's Glenn Davis. All right, welcome into Soccer Matters here on the Horn in Austin, Texas. I'm Glenn Davis. This is the best of 2022. It's all presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. It's DaspitLawAustin.com, 512-865-6710. They are bilingual, 512-865-6710. And a big thank you to John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. They are getting soccer on the airwaves here in Austin and, of course, through this show on the Internet Highway here on the Horn. All right, without any further ado, let's get after it. It's the best of 2022 Soccer Matters presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. What about uh, taking one from an acute angle? Musa Gite chasing down the loose ball does really well. Musa Jouf has help arriving. Gite, did he go down? A chance is on for Driussi! It is a diamond from Driussi! The Argentine shining bright just when Austin needed it most. All right, welcome back to the Horn and Soccer Matters here as we roll on here, presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm, DaspitLaw.com. What a great opportunity to catch up with the head coach of Austin FC, Josh Wolf. Josh, thank you very much, as usual, for your time. My pleasure. Thanks, Glenn. All right. So let's start it off with how satisfying was this comeback in the context of uh, a real good rivalry game with FC Dallas? Um, I think anytime you're down 2-0 and you come back, it's it feels pretty good. Um, you're obviously disappointed to be down 2-0. So those are the things that we, we got to look at and evaluate and, and look to make corrections on. But um, it was a good game as an entertaining game against uh, against Dallas. I think the first half was fairly cagey. Um, they're, they're a team that can can hurt you by keeping the ball. They're also a team that can hurt you by having quick attacks, transition and, and real verticality. So we were mindful of that in the first half, probably um, a little too deliberate with our possession game. We, we, we lost a little bit of the ability to be more direct and, and, and vertical ourselves. But I, I liked how we had a good amount of control of the game. And, um, you know, they're a good team and as are we. So. The first goal is always going to be an important one. And um, the game picked up speed there in the second half real quick. Obviously, they got two and uh, we, we needed to step on the gas and the guys responded extremely well. And uh, it, it was it was satisfying in that that respect. We've been down in, in a number of games this year uh, in Houston as well early in the year. And, and the guys hang in there, keep their cool, understand what the game needs and now go and execute. And um, I, I like that aspect. I think we've really grown in that area uh, this year and it's it's been nice to see. Austin FC head coach Josh Wolf joining us here on the Horn in Austin, Texas Soccer Matters, presented by John Daspit, Daspit Law Firm. You, you know, it's amazing how quickly the game can flip. When I'm watching this game and I'm, it's 2 0, and then all of a sudden it's 2 2, and I'm going, oh, Austin FC can win this game. And mm-hmm. in fact, almost I, I thought you guys were going to go over the top here and, and get a result. I mean, what, what's going through your mind at this point? Well, I think, you know, when it's when you're down to zero, it's just getting that first one. It doesn't matter if it's in the, the 70th minute, the 85th minute. You want to give yourself a chance now to to grab the point. You're down you're against it a bit um, being down two goals. But 
um, momentum swings quickly. We've, we've faced this a number of times this year where we've been down 2-0 or 1-0. Uh, getting the first goal is critical, and, and that momentum swings quickly in our league. Second halves of games, we, we understand, tend to be a little more open, and um, teams get fatigued, and we truly believe cumulatively we're, we're going to affect the opponent as well. So as the game goes later, and, and now we're pushing, that they're obviously feeling it a little bit and getting penned in. So we grabbed the second one, and as you said, I mean, there was a third one there for, for you know, in the end, they also had an opportunity, but we felt good about it as well, and it's it's still about pushing. Tying at home is not something that you, is going to help you make the playoffs. Obviously, this tie maybe feels a little bit better because we were down 2-0, but when you're at home, we need to win. So we wanted to keep pushing and look for that third and grab the three points. But, um, you know, it's a, it's a decent result at home against, uh, you know, another rival inside the state. And, you know, we keep ourselves in a good position for the, the Texas Cup. As time moves on, as you get more games against the in-state rivals, yeah. I think everybody's really excited about it. Do you, do, you, do you feel after each game you play a Texas opponent that the rivalry is growing? I think so. I think so. They beat us three times last year, and um, we were quick to address that. And I, I put together something with uh, a, a bit of our um, – uh, our communications team, our marketing team, our uh, our social media guys, just to to you know preface what this game was going to be about, and you know rivalries don't just happen; it does take time, but they also take instances and situations. And we've been on the other side of it with Dallas, so this was a, a moment for us to really try to push and kind of make this rivalry a rivalry. And um, I think it was a competitive game, two two good teams that that play good soccer and um, pushed each other at the end. I think we we you know, we certainly challenged them. Uh, throughout the game and, um, you know, happy with a tie, but, but obviously we also feel we, we could have done better in this. Josh, something interesting you said there, you're working with the digital and the PR team. How much of that do you do? Because I, I actually think that's an important link between a head coach and the front office. Yeah. Well, I think it's important. I think we've, we've done a few things this year. Um, I think it's important to, you know, to bring emotion into to what we do. This is an emotional job and game days are emotional. You feel it when you're in Q2, you feel the emotion from the fans and from our community. And, and these players, I, I want them and to leave them in, in, in a place before they go out to battle and compete that there, there's something there. There's an angst, there's a tension and there's emotion um, right, right under the surface. And especially games against Houston and, and against Dallas. Now, these are our rivals and you know, we've done it in a few games. I don't know every game, but you, you, you want it to be impactful and you want it to be purposeful. And, um, you know, certainly I have good communication with, with, with those guys. We, we've had a few new faces come and go, but um, it is important. And you, you live in the media world as well and social media and, you know, getting our team more, uh, more visibility, our players more visibility um, is important and for our fans, but, but for our organization as well. So I, I, I like doing a little bit of that. It's, it's been a nice side that I, I wasn't so um, keen on as an assistant in, in my previous jobs. Josh Wolf joining us, head coach of Boston FC. Do you fear that the game's getting at times a little over commercialized? Um, well, I think, I think the sport has, has gone in a, in a direction now and has grown in a way that it's, it's just part of it. I think when you look around and you see the NFL and you see football and you see basketball, I mean, there is a commercialization to our sport. There's a visibility, a viability and a money now that's involved with, with soccer. And, you know, I, I guess you can't, you can't get to that and it's, it's stay kind of quiet in that space. So it's, it's part of the job. And I think, you know, me being a coach, it's, 
it's having a presence in in that media side and certainly in the social media side but i try to keep it as as straightforward as possible players can also utilize these platforms but i would say to our guys and, and to our staff you, you utilize it in a way that you feel comfortable with but but obviously understand it does come with some scrutiny and some criticism but you know it is part of the game and and we have um you know the game has evolved quickly in this country it's amazing what what soccer has become now in the united states and it's it's great to be part of that and you know, I think um, we have a responsibility to keep to keep pushing that side of it as well from from a media standpoint. All right. Do you ever walk away after a game or you're driving home to go back to your residence? You're you're thinking about a lot of things. This ought to be fun. And you're thinking about a lot of things and you just say, boy, I am so thankful I have that fan base behind me, because like you said, you guys score a goal in a two nil game and it's like it just flips. It's it's pretty insane. Yeah, the intent, and it's an asset, right? It, it's a complete asset. And um, of course, it, you know, it's good to have our fans voice themselves when they're displeased as well. That's part of this. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's 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 part of building a team. And I think we recognize that as coaches, as players, and um, that helps create the tension and the angst. But what they give us in the stadium is awesome, not just our supporter groups, but the rest of the fans around the stadium, our community. Uh, it's been tremendous. Our, our our contact points with this community from the moment we've got here has been has been unbelievable from our players to our PR to everything. And and they reciprocate that to us. So um, it's it's a family in every sense of the word. And, uh, you know, I think we're all proud to be part of the Austin FC organization, but we're all proud to be part of Austin. I think that's the most important thing. And, uh, you know, our fan base has, has been incredible. Josh Wolf, uh, Austin FC. Do any of your other uh, coaching colleagues ever say to you, man, I wish I had a little bit more of that where I'm at? You don't have to mention names. <laughs> no, I think I think a lot of places have it. I think, yeah, again, you're seeing true. it all around the league. I mean, Dallas is is now the, the fan base in Dallas is to me is, is a noticeable uptick in, in, the, in this last year. So Houston as well. So I think the game day experience, the game day experience for me has absolutely transformed major league soccer. It's, it's very unique. Now, when you go to these games and you feel the energy, whether it's in our stadium or, you know, there's plenty of good stadiums around the league. It's, 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 it's a unique experience from the volume to the food, to the, you know, just the textures inside this, inside the stadium. And obviously there's an on-field product as well that, that helps carry that narrative. And um, you know, I think, I think other coaches and other staffs are, um, appreciative of, of coming here. You, you, I, as a player, loved going to venues now where it was intense and it was loud. The volume was there, the fans were, because it's, it, it gets you invigorated. And, you know, I think they appreciate coming and it being a beautiful stadium, but, but also having a real energy and an electric atmosphere. Does that energy, uh, I, would, I would assume you, you, you feel that energy visibly affects opponents as well. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And again, it's it, it may give them a little burst of energy to start the game, but we also feel as the game goes and, and just like this game and against Orlando, when when we can flip the momentum, um, that volume and that that energy that they give us allows us to now suppress the opponent to, you know, again, put them in an uncomfortable position. So, again, I, I, what I what I saw in this game late for us pushing against Dallas was just that against Orlando. Obviously, they were down a couple guys. Um, it, it helps drive you when you're beating teams and now you're going for the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, they are pushing you. And it's, you know, it's a constant buzz and it's, it's it, it constantly electric, which is um, for our guys, puts them in a good space to, to, to keep competing and keep pushing the, pushing the tempo of the game. Has that ever gotten detrimental in games where because of the energy of the crowd, you maybe wanted your team to put your foot on the ball, maybe manage the game a little bit more and, the crowd's so intense that it just keeps the guys going forward. I mean, I mean, that's a challenge, I would think. 
Yeah, I think that's a great point. And I think the word that you use there was the management, the game management. And it's that's something we've talked about all year. Of course, when we're at home, we're expected to drive the game. We're expected to make the game. And, and you know, it doesn't mean you make the game or push the game in a, in a way that causes you risk or is irresponsible. Um, you know, the fans are going to be there. They're going to keep pushing us. But for us as players on the field, now it's about managing the moments of the game. What do you want? What do you want it to look like? How do you want to start the game you know, with the intentions now to put the, the opponents under pressure? Um, there's also going to be moments where we're going to have to suffer. And I think that's what we've become more comfortable with this year when we don't have the ball or we the opponent now has a little bit um, more of it than than us staying calm and managing that situation and knowing you know, we're, we're going to get back into this or we're going to get a hold of the game. Uh, you know, the word I use often is control. Um, so how can we now reestablish control in those moments? And again, get the fans back on our side to keep pushing us in a good way. All right. How difficult was this last year? Because, look, I saw the principles being put in place. I said I was never in a place of panic year one because I, I, I realized what you were doing, trying to build the team, the model of the team, the purpose of play. Yes, it was going to have to be tweaked. But but how tough did it get at times last year? Because, listen, there was a lot of expectations on you. You got a full house. You got owners. People want to win and they want to win now. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And it, it, it got tough. I mean, it was definitely tough. I, I, I didn't come into the space thinking it was going to be easy, but I think that's that's also part of it. And it, we try to create expectations. And, you know, I think our our language and narrative coming into the into the league and from from, you know, our inception was we want to be competitive and we want to make the playoffs. That's not too far different than most teams. And and I think we set out those goals. And along the way, again, I think COVID was extremely difficult, more difficult than I probably probably expected it to be um you know you have a natural disconnect to your group you're not a lot you're not in the you know tight spaces and able to do team functions where this year i mean it's been a big big part of our success bringing in players that now have good leadership experience are, are good human beings and and building that continuing to build that culture from within um you know those things made it challenging last year because they just didn't exist or they were challenging to uphold and um you know, like you said, owners, you spend a lot of money now and you expect to make the playoffs and you want to win. So we're aware of that. The ideas, I think, in the, the execution within games was, was pretty good. Our inability to score goals led to our inability to win games and thus put big, big pressure on us defensively. And that over time was really, really wearing. But the guys hung in there and, they, you know, we, we focused on good goals at the end of the year of, of what we wanted to be as a home team. And that kind of carried us through the end of the season, being much more difficult at home, winning, winning games. And that carried us into this space this year. So it's, you know, it was a difficult year. It was, it was purposeful as we look back and reflected on it and got us to a good spot where I think we we've been performing quite well this year. Austin FC head coach, Josh Wolf, you said purposeful. I mean, the, these are learning moments, right? I mean, even for you as, as a young, very talented, yeah. ambitious coach, I have to think last year is something you, you put a feather in your cap and you went through a lot of stuff you maybe never, well, you certainly never went through before that you now have in the memory bank. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, when we reflect on, when I reflect on myself and, you know, how we taught what we did, how we built our roster, how we, we delivered the game model to our players, there's, you got to be open for criticism. And, and I speak to a lot of coaches around the league to try to get feedback, you know, after games, but in the off season as well. And um, we talk real specifically and candidly in here with ourselves. So that's the first thing. Um, and then it's identifying how you want to make the corrections, personnel, types of people that you want to bring in, qualities that you want to bring in. How can we change the game model to better fit our needs and, and, and certainly adjust to some of the problems that we had, but also 
uh, expand on the things that we were good at. And, and again, last year was, um, was difficult, but there was a lot of learning. There was also a lot of good in, in what we were able to do, I think, in the first year. So it was keeping those things in mind and being positive about that, but knowing that, that improvement is always needed. And even though we are where we are right now, which you know, is, is in a good spot in our, in our conference, but there's still plenty to improve on. There's still personnel that we need to add to our roster. There's depth that we got to continue to get better with. Um, and there's just execution that we, ha we have to have to continue to try to refine. But, um, you know, I think, you know, the last 18 months has been has been a process and it's continued to evolve. It's it will continue to evolve as well. We're, we're not a finished product. Josh Wolf joining us. We really appreciate this. Josh, uh, speaking to that, you, you know, personnel, a lot of times personnel solves problems. Right. Uh, I think it's as simple as that sometimes. But this window coming up, we see a lot of teams in Major League Soccer making moves. Houston's going to have to grow with Hector Herrera in their lineup. Uh, we, we see what's going on in L.A. Uh, how important is it for you guys to, to make a move here, uh, especially with the situation you've lost a good player for the moment in Cecilio Dominguez as well and Johan Valencia? Yeah, it's important. I think in, in this league, uh, com complacency and being static is, is, is – um, is is difficult and can be compromising. We need to continue to try to enhance our roster and um, continue to bring in talent. Ruben Gabrielson and, and Johan Valencia have been good international additions. Maxi, Ethan, and and, and um, you know certainly uh, Felipe have been good domestic additions. But we need to we need to make some some more additions here in the the summer transfer window and and even in the winter transfer window. So those things um, are things we're working on right now. I know you know we got a few things that are that are that are being worked on, and we're hopeful that we can get some things done here quickly in the summer to again continue to enhance our our roster. Do you think the fan base understands all the moving parts that are going on at every second here? Mm -hmm. I mean, you're continuing to monitor players around the world. I mean, you're thinking about your future with an under 23 team or a reserve team. I mean, there's just so much going on that, that, you know, on game day, nobody really thinks about all these other moving parts. No, that's, that's probably true. That's probably true. It's, it's tough to, yeah, you know, and and it probably isn't something that they should get concerned with. They should be mostly involved with, you know, obviously the coming to the stadium and obviously given the support that 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 they feel that is appreciated by all of us. But um, there is it's it's a lot going on behind the scenes with our league. There are different types of rules of how we build rosters, and um, you know, I think it's it's as you said. Now we have the you know the MLS Next Pro team coming in, so how that can be utilized to also support the first team. Um, but ultimately our fan base is, is going to be most intrigued by most focused on and most energized by the first team. So getting more high quality players, adding depth, um, that will ultimately help us win, continue to win home games and be a team that on the road is very difficult. And, you know, we want to make the playoffs as, as does, as does every team in this league, but we want to play at home and we want to put ourselves in a chance to win, to win trophies. Last one, before we let you go, Charlotte FC, uh, FC Charlotte, uh, how about a couple thoughts on them before we let you go? Um, extremely good at home for one thing, they haven't lost, um, which again, that they're, you know, great fan base on turf. So a different surface, but, but, uh, similar, I, I spoke with, with Miguel Ramirez a number of times while he was still there. Um, I know the coach currently was somebody that's been in the league, so he's quite familiar with MLS. Uh, they're a good team, positional team. Uh, they play a positional game, good with the ball. And, and it, uh, again, they have a couple ways that they can beat you, you know, get, getting to goal. But I, I look at them as being much more organized now defensively, having a real a real balance about what they're trying to do on both sides of the ball. So it'll be a challenging game. One, going there where they haven't lost and they have a great fan base. But but two, they're a good team and they're well coached. You know, both the previous coach and this coach 
um, have put that club and that, that team in a good spot to, to compete. And we'll have our hands full. We'll definitely have our hands full. First to three on the road, then Colorado, then Atlanta United. Josh, thank you so much for your time. Wonderful interview. I think uh, Austin FC fans are going to really like this. Super. Thank you, Glenn. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, thanks as always. All right, we'll take a break here. Before we do, quick reminder here. Um, you can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram, at Glenn Davis Sock or at Soccer Matters GD. Also, the Lamont Brands t-shirts. Uh, go to lamontbrands.com. Get your Soccer Matters t-shirt there. We got different shades of green for Austin FC fans. Well, you might be a fan of Ireland or Nigeria with green, but it doesn't matter. Two shades of green. All proceeds go to the Snowdrop Foundation, which is a 501c charity. They provide scholarships to cancer patients, awareness, fundraising. And this show is always is a platform for spreading pediatric cancer awareness. It's lamontbrands.com. All right, stay with us. When we come back, we'll continue on. Let's take a commercial break. And then it's back to the best of soccer matters here on the horn in Austin, Texas, presented by daspitlawaustin.com. All right, welcome back to the Best of Soccer Matters. I'm Glenn Davis. Thanks for tuning in here tonight. It's all presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm, daspitlawaustin.com, 512-865-6710. John is helping to change the landscape when it comes to soccer on the radio and the airwaves, and we consider the Horn one of the great soccer stations here in the state of Texas. All right, uh, let's keep it going here. Before we do, though, I want to remind you, you can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Davis Sock at Soccer Matters. Uh, all the likes, the comments, etc. They mean a lot to the show and we appreciate it. So once again, we continue on with the best of 2022 Soccer Matters here on the Horn. Welcome back to Soccer Matters here in Austin, Texas. A big thank you to the Horn, uh, obviously, for their support of the great game. And, of course, our presenting sponsor, John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. It's DaspitLawAustin.com. John is firm, personal injury attorneys. They'll take your case. They'll work for you 24-7 nights and weekends. By the way, he has been to Austin FC games. He has been to Chelsea games. He is a big soccer fan as well, and he helps get a great conversation on the radio, including this interview with Brad Stuver, who joins us now. Brad, thanks so much uh, for coming on, as always. Uh, you may be the MVP of this show now. <laughs> well, thanks for having me on again. All right. So let's. Uh, I'm trying to wrap my arms around what was – let's let's be honest here. This was five-star entertainment, if you're a neutral, uh, between San Jose and Austin. There's no question about it. But let's wrap our arms around it a little bit and, and you know, from your perspective, uh, what that game looked like. Yeah, they're a, they're a difficult team. They're kind of a team – uh, they're a bit of a unicorn. They're uh, a one-off in this league. Uh, they play a very different style than most other teams in the league. And you never really know what you're going to get, but you always know that it's going to be a little bit of uh, a little bit of chaos, a little bit of a, a hectic match. Um, I think in the first half, uh, we let the chaos kind of rule everything. And that's kind of where we got all or most of the goals. And then in the second half, I think we came out and uh, we controlled it a little bit more and um, just really unlucky to uh, give up such a, a late equalizer and not uh, take advantage of our opportunities at the beginning to kind of seal off the game. It's Brad Stuver, Austin FC goalkeeper. You mentioned the word chaos. And look, 
your home games, when it comes to your crowd, it's intense. You've mentioned that everybody around the league talks about it and it can get chaotic. And I would imagine it can also get chaotic and pull players into that chaos. So what I'm hearing you say maybe is a bit better decision-making, maybe you manage and control that game against San Jose a little better. I think we, in the first half, uh, there was a lot of energy. There was a lot of, uh, a lot of movement. I mean, the San Jose players are really good at uh, changing positions interchangeably and they're trying to pull us out of position and make it a little bit more difficult on us. Um, I think in the first half we were playing more of a transition game and, uh, we were losing the ball. They were coming on transition. We were doing quick attacks, and uh, it was kind of a kind of a goal fest there in the first half. Uh, I think in the second half, uh, Josh made some adjustments and got us into a a little bit of a more controlled block that we could control the game a little bit more. And the second half slowed down a little bit and kind of played into our favor. And um, we just we couldn't get that uh, that ceiling goal that would have uh, ended the game. Brad Stewart joining us. Uh, by the way, 57 goals this weekend in 14 games in Major League Soccer. That's just mind-blowing numbers right there. Um, Austin FC, number two in the West at 13-5 and six, a plus 19 goal differential. And Brad Stuver has seven shutouts this year. You know, the intensity of keeping the mental level high now as you get into the stretch. You guys are well-positioned for the playoffs, but it's going to be a lot maybe about how you enter the playoffs. And the intensity of keeping this level this high throughout the season. Uh, how do you maintain that? Yeah. Those of us that understand the league and understand how MLS works is uh, you're not really guaranteed anything at this point in the season. Um, we're in a good position right now in the standings and some of the results went our way this weekend, but uh, it's on us to continue driving this. It's on us to, um, figure out what we need to do in these next 10 games to end in a position where we can have a home playoff game, um, whether that's first, second, third, fourth. Um, obviously, we want to be high as possible in that table. Um, but our end goal is always to make playoffs, have a home playoff game. And right now it's about managing our emotions and managing uh, the rest of our games especially the ones at home and kind of control what we can. Brad, take me into a little bit of the process post-match for you. you got a great goalkeeper coach, Preston Burpo. Um, you know, what, what's it like after a game? Uh, how long do you process the game? How much talk do you have with a goalkeeper coach? And then at what point do you just leave it all behind, whether you've had what you feel is a great performance or maybe a night where it's not as your normal performance. How does that work? Right after the game, there's not really much discussion um, just because everyone's so emotional and uh, especially a tie like that. Uh, a lot of a lot of people have emotions right there at the surface, and that's kind of not a good time to evaluate the game or evaluate your own performance. Um, just because in the heat of things, you remember plays in the game a little bit differently. Um, so it's good to take some time and kind of go back, watch some film and kind of digest what happened, what you remember the game looking like, seeing it again on film and seeing if it uh, is the same as what you remember in the moment. Um, and then today back at training and we kind of discussed a couple different moments and tomorrow we'll review film 
And then that'll be that. Once we review film, we're we're on to the next game and start prepping for Kansas City. And does that happen individually with you and Preston as well? Specific to your Yeah, team? so yeah, so Preston and I'll talk about certain moments in the game and we'll discuss like different ideas and um kind of go through a couple different clips um just saying like here's what you've improved on in the year, here's what was good in this game and then pull up a couple clips and just be like all right, what what did you see in this moment? Um what do you think about if this happens again? What 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 about this? Um, and it's always more just like constructive, like what ifs, not kind of not like saying, oh, you suck or anything like that. But more just kind of like <laughs> think it was constructive that. criticism. Just we're all trying to get better. All of us have room to improve in everything we do. And um, when we do individual film, when we do team film, it's all about just kind of painting a picture where we can show different ideas and kind of talk back and forth and try and get players up to their best potential that they have. How much of the talk is about your organizational side and, and, you know, the communication that you have to a back four and your teammates, because I think sometimes, you know, everybody goes to Brad Stuver, all these incredible saves and there's no question you're a great shot stopper, but you know, there is also part of Brad Stuver that organizationally is preventing shots, which may go unnoticed. That, yeah, I mean, um, that's a very good question. Uh, that is something that goes unnoticed a lot, not just in a goalkeeping, but even in like a, like a back four, getting their midfielders in the right spot. Um, we talk about it all the time and we always talk about um, the best way to prevent attacks is by good structure and good communication. Uh, especially against a team like San Jose, when there's so much interchange of players, it was all about communicating to the players around you about like staying in your structure, letting players know when there's a runner on their right shoulder, things like that. Um, it's a little difficult in Q2 just because of the noise level. Uh, but I think the group we have is um, gotten extremely comfortable with each other and uh, has gotten really good at reading body language and kind of reading uh like body cues of when to switch and when not to. And uh, when the play stops, we definitely talk a little bit about like what's what we're seeing, what we need to uh, relay to other guys. So it's been good. Rad Stuber doing us uh, goalkeeper for Austin FC. Interesting. You bring that up about the noise. How difficult is it to communicate? I mean, if somebody's <laughs> 25 yards away, I can't assume that they can hear you. No, nah, it's impossible. There was a play, uh, second half of this last game where ball got crossed in from a set piece and I'm yelling keeper and Julio still running. And we just kind of like collide and we're about five yards from each other. I, I don't know how many times it's happened, but when balls get crossed in, like my defenders are five, six yards away from me and they still can't hear me. So it's a good problem to have, but uh, it's definitely, it's an interesting problem to solve. Do you have the sense that this team can score anytime? Because certainly as an outsider and watching the games, I do. We have a, we have a way about us. Uh, I mean, we are, we have bought into the way that Josh wants to play. And I think everyone's understanding of their role within the system and our ability to create chances in a variety of different ways has really kind of been our strength this year. We have so many different goal scorers on the list. Uh, I mean, we're getting goal production from pretty much every position on the field. Uh, we're scoring on set pieces, run a play, um, crosses, dribble, headers, like you name it, we're finding ways to score. So 
Um, I think it's just the ability of our players to kind of buy into the system and truly stick to it and see the results. Um, it's, it's fun to see. And um, it's always nice knowing that uh, you're like going into a game, like, you know, that your guys are going to score a goal some way, somehow. Um, so that always gives us a little bit of a confidence boost going into games. Last one before we let you go, Brad, thank you very, very much for coming on last year. You penned a letter to the fans, very emotional letter after a very difficult season. Did you ever think it was going to turn around this quickly and to this extent? Because it really is a remarkable turnaround. Yeah, I I think a lot of us that were around last year knew that um, you give us a little bit of a reset and uh, you give us a little bit more time to kind of implement what we wanted to do, that we were going to be a good team. I think we were a good team last year. We just weren't uh, finding the results and we weren't finding goals. Uh, I think if we had the type of goal scoring production that we had this year uh, and we finished the chances that we had last year, our season would have been very different. Um, But to those of us that have been in this system, been around this club since last year to this year, um, there was always this feeling that we could take it to the next level that it was on us to kind of drive forward and make this season what it is right now. And it might seem surprising to a lot of people on the outside that haven't been in the training sessions in the locker room and seeing how much work is being done by our staff and our players. Um, But for me coming into this preseason, I think all of us knew that this season was going to be different. Brad, thanks as always for coming on. We appreciate it. Good luck against Sporting Kansas City this coming weekend. And again, uh, your time is valued. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks again. Another great interview there. We're going to continue on here. But before we hit commercial break, just a reminder here for John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. John and his firm are presenting sponsor. They get soccer on the airwaves. They are personal injury attorneys. They're committed to working for you 24-7. So if you get in a car accident, boat, maybe you drive an 18-wheeler, motorcycle, maritime, um, accidents are nervy times. And few things are worse than severe injury to family members or someone else. That's when you call DaspitLawAustin.com, 512-865-6710, 512-865-6710. You call the Daspit Law Firm. And John and his firm will handle your case. They'll work for you 24-7 nights and weekends. Supporting soccer matters, the great game of football, and you. It's John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. We'll take a break. We've got more to come. It's the best of soccer matters here on the Horn in Austin, Texas. Welcome back to the best of soccer matters here on the Horn in Austin, Texas. I'm Glenn Davis. It's all presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. Now, John and his firm are personal injury attorneys, Uh, They are dedicated to working for you. If you get in a car, boat, motorcycle accident, it can be a nervy time and few things are worse than injury to family members or others. That's when you call the Daspit Law Firm. It's DaspitLawAustin.com, 512-865-6710. John and his firm supporting Soccer Matters, the Horn, and the great game of football. Let's carry on with the best of. guest here tonight is former Major League Soccer, Michael LaHood, also the color analyst. Uh, you know him from Austin FC. Michael, thanks so much for coming on the show tonight. 
Hey, thanks for having me on. And when you talk about Daspit Law, I was thinking of some of the, the victims of Q2 Stadium who've come in the stadium that could have used Daspit Law, <laughs> some of the personal injury to their pride. And yeah. I just think of the, the most recent home game in Sporting Kansas City. Oof, they could use them. Yeah, that great 4-3 comeback window. Well, you know what? You just led me into a great topic here. Just <laughs> a real quick comment on just now, not only the winning results after last year, and you've been around the team since its inception, um, but also the entertainment value and just the environment that you get to go in week in and week out at Q2 Stadium uh, as, as an announcer. It's there will be goals. I always think about when I look at the schedule and I see home games and away games, the team has been pragmatic, but at home, it's just your entertainment value is through the roof and Q2 stadium and Austin FC is the hottest ticket in town right now. Sellout after sellout. I don't even know how many consecutive sellouts. I think it's getting into the 20 somethings, maybe even eclipsing the 30 something mark. And it's just a testament to the growth of the game in the city of Austin. And Austin's becoming a transient city. And with that comes people who brings their passion for soccer from all over the world, all over the country. So it's a good time to be alive in Austin. Yeah, no question about it. And, you know, I, I find it really interesting because Austin has always been such, you know, a Longhorn town, Texas athletics. Mm. But to now see a legit superstar representing the sport of soccer and Sebastian Driussi, that's pretty unique. Has he, penestra- has he penetrated the mainstream media a little bit in the mainstream crowd? I mean, everybody that's at Q2, I get, know who he is, who are following Austin FC. But does it go beyond that? He, he's a guy that once the game ends, he's a family guy. And such an enigma where a lot of superstars, you'll see them saying, you know what? I just scored two goals. I'm the main man. Let me go to Rainey. Let me go to six. Well, you don't, hopefully they're not at sixth after a game. Cause yeah. well, that's for another show and radio show, <laughs> six street Chronicles. But he's a guy that just, he's so humble. He's grounded. And after a, a match winning performance, he goes home and he's a dad. And when he's not a dad, he's a husband. When he's not a husband, he's a son or a brother. And I just respect is what I think a lot of the Austin FC players and people around the club have for him, that groundedness, that sense of, I know who I am, even without a ball at my feet. But make no mistake about it, if he was to walk throughout downtown Austin at this point in his career with how successful the team has been this season, lots of people will definitely start knowing who he is if they don't already. And I think a lot of people already recognize him and could pick him out from a crowd. And look, if he tees up what could be the performance of the season this coming weekend, everyone in Austin, Central Texas, and around the city, the whole state of Texas will know who he is. We're going to get to that one in a minute because that is super exciting what's about to occur here. Uh, Sebastian Drews, he just carries himself as a consummate professional. We're talking mm-hmm. to Michael LaHood, cuddle uh, analyst for Austin FC, former Major League Soccer player. All right, Emiliano Rigoni was announced today. He's a 29-year-old winger, comes from Sao Paulo. He is a DP. Um, mm-hmm. It's been an interesting thing with the wide game with Cecilio Dominguez being moved yeah. on, the emergence of Owen Wolf, the very important trade of Ethan Finley. But it's like Austin FC, Claudio Reyna, Josh Wolf. These guys are not s- sitting pat here. You're going out and you're getting a winger that played with Triussi at Zenit St. Petersburg. He's another Argentine. So now you got this trio with Ruti. Um, integrating him, how quickly does he make an impact? I mean, these are all things that are fascinating, Michael. And this is an Austin FC team, as you said, who 
Alex Ring got moved up to the DP spot, but in actuality, they've been playing with one DP throughout the season and a guy in Sebastian Driussi who's put the team on his back. And there have been other players who have chipped in at just big moments. Maxi Ruti, as you said, but Sebastian Driussi has been putting the team on his back and the 18 goals is what he has to show for it. Seven assists and counting. There will be more goals off his right or left boot or head or whichever way he has to make it happen. But when you're getting in this crunch time portion of the season, you need reinforcements. And you've seen it with teams throughout the last decade in Major League Soccer. And let's go just a little closer. Five years. You need that resurgence. The Portland Timbers, the the Seattle Sounders, they're teams that when they make that move in the trade window or they bring in someone in the summer window, they make that push up the table late on. And you want to carry momentum with you, whether it's in your roster and especially on the field. And I think they have momentum that's going to be built now that Emiliano Ragoni is here in Austin. I actually got to see the procession of Austin FC fans welcoming him to Austin and downtown Austin yesterday. And it was a wave of green throughout downtown, right by Rainy Street. And to see him and his daughter walk in, to hear the band La Merga, everyone playing and cheering his name, Green Smoke, it, it was just a sight to see. Now it'll be a bigger sight to see at the press conference today and an even bigger spectacle. And I think he's going to be the guest of honor at the match this week against LAFC. Talking to Michael LaHood, uh, talking about Emiliano Rigoni, uh, another striker signed. He also was on loan at Atalanta and Sampdoria just to kind of show you his experience in Italy. And the timing of this, as you mentioned, is really interesting. And it gets us to the second season, though, because mm. some teams make these signings and integrate these players to your point of, okay, now this platforms us on a bit of a run. We get in the playoffs. We carry it over uh, once we get into, you know, elimination play. Um I find it fascinating to see how quickly guys integrate. And, and, and last year was a different circumstance with Sebastian Driussi. He had yeah. to feel his way around it. It was a different team uh, than the one it is now, but there were some of the pieces in place. Um, how quickly do you think he integrates? Um, I mean, I guess that's a big question. Talking with Josh Wolf over the last month since this deal was really announced, and this is a credit to the Austin FC staff because they did the same thing with Sebastian Driussi using technology, using things like Zoom. And really, whether it's PowerPoints or being on the phone with them or Zoom or FaceTime, it's getting him just knowledgeable on the game model, getting him knowledgeable on the culture that's built. But Josh Wolf told us this past Friday is there's one thing when you see a guy on tape, but they'll be learning as well as he'll be learning alongside each other when they see him on the training field. And I think just the desire to get him integrated as soon as possible into training, first and foremost. I think it's a smart play to not rush him. And you never know. I could say it today, and then he's starting in the lineup against LAFC. But the desire to not rush him immediately, that takes time. to, to That long travel from South America, getting your family sorted out first, getting things like living situations, those off-the-field matters. I think the club has done a really good job of that with a lot of the foreign imports coming in because that frees up these talented players to go out and do what they do best on the field, which is ball. And Ragoni, we haven't even talked about what he brings to the table on the field. This guy's going to add a little bit, a little bit, a lot of bit of added quality in the final third. And what I love about him is he's two-footed. And that's something that Austin FC don't have enough of is left-footed players. 
He's a guy that can go to his left and beat you, can go to his right and beat you, and he's an out-and-out winger who has the flexibility of functioning as a winger and you're on the field, and that means service, quality service in the final third that gives this attack for Austin FC a different dimension at an important time of the season. And I've gone back and looked at some of his footage. Uh, he comes central as well. I mean, yep. he's, he, he's a guy that can show up in the middle of the field, look for a ball behind the defense, and to your point, a winger that can uh, provide a supply line. Um, you know, uh, you really got to credit the signing of Ethan Finley, too, and how important that ultimately became uh, with, you know, the, the whole situation with Cecilio Dominguez. Um, we're talking to Michael LaHood. Let's get back to um, the situation that he comes into, though. Here, here's mm, the thing yeah. that I think is the silver lining. He's not coming into a team that's fighting to get into the playoffs, right? So you have the luxury of easing him in in a way that you want to. There, there's no real sense of urgency. Hey, we're bringing him here to make the playoffs. You're bringing him here for once you get in the playoffs. I think they're bringing him in to help that seeding in the playoffs, even before the playoffs start, because we all know that this is the crunch time for, for some teams. And I think of the Colorado's, the Vancouver's teams outside of the playoff line that from whether it's 10 on, they're still in the race and the hunt, the LA galaxy, Nashville, they're all jockeying to get away from each other so that they can move further up towards the Dallas's and the Minnesota's and now the salt lakes who seem to be just getting points. But if you're Austin FC, you need a player who can bring this sense of life to the team and fresh legs, fresh ideas, and just energy. And when I, when I look at teams like, say, in Nashville, who they make the playoffs, and it took them a while to get going, but once they got a DP summer signing, and it was later in the summer, I think it was Jander Cadiz, their team slingshotted up the table and then brought the energy that they needed into that second season phase, as you said, in the playoffs. And with Emiliano Ragoni, if you're him, this is what you want to go into because you make these decisions. Yes, Sebastian Driussi is a close friend and someone you have a familiar relationship with and rapport with from Zenit. But you look at the success he's had in Major League Soccer coming in the summer and adapting quite well, translating his game from the Russian game, from the Argentine game, to Major League Soccer, and you're thinking, well, okay, we have rapport there. There's similarities in some of our games and some of our interactions. I can do the same thing with a team that is doing really well, and it takes off some of that pressure that a lot of DPs come in with of you have to be Superman and save the day. Milan Argoni does not have to be Superman for this team. He needs to be lethal, and he needs to be decisive, and that's what they need in this final run-in. Hmm. Michael, as always, thank you so much for coming on. We had a great time calling the the Texas uh, home opener for Angela Kelly and the Longhorns. Uh, they've got a big one on Thursday against North Carolina, then the Florida Gators. But Friday night, yeah. we'll be there. It is Austin FC hosting LAFC, and I think all of Major League Soccer is going to have their eyeballs on this one. Thanks for coming on, Michael. Uh, thanks for having me, and it's always a pleasure to, whether it's calling games with you or being a guest on the show, always a pleasure to banter with you, Glenn. Yeah, we got uh, some good soccer talk here. It won't be the last time either, Michael. That's Michael LaHood, former Major League Soccer player, color commentator for Austin FC. All right, that does it tonight for the best of Soccer Matters here in 2022, presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm, DaspitLawAustin.com, 512-865-6710. 512-865-6710 is John Daspit 
and the Daspit Law Firm, DaspitLawAustin.com. Big thank you for tuning in tonight. By the way, uh, podcast at hornfm.com. Also, quick word here for Lamont Brands, LamontBrands.com. Now, this is where you can get your Soccer Matters T-shirt. We have two shades of green for Austin FC fans. All the proceeds go to the Snowdrop Foundation, a 501c charity that provides scholarships to cancer patients. Uh, We create awareness through this fundraising. We do soccer camps, clinics, and also we do uh, banquets as well. Uh, which have featured in the past many Manchester United players. This show is a platform for spreading pediatric cancer awareness. Get your Soccer Matters t-shirt at lamontbrands.com. For everybody at the horn and for all of you who have listened in, a big thank you. I'm Glenn Davis. Remember, Soccer Matters.